Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network, home of the Firebird Book Awards, the Positive Change Podcast Awards, and this podcast, Authors on Fire. I am Pat Rulo, and right now we are in for a treat with a Firebird Book Award winning author, Monique DeMeo, a trailblazing leader who has dedicated her life to helping women succeed in their personal and professional lives. The winning book is titled, The Seven Secrets to Creating a Life You Love, a practical guide for women in leadership and it is the culmination of her decades-long experiences as a businesswoman, entrepreneur, and mentor. And we are going to have fun today, so let's get going. Welcome to the network, Monique. Thank you so much, Pat. It's a pleasure to be here. It is a pleasure to have you, and I want to say congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's great. I'm always so happy when when announcement day comes along, because it's just a happy day for everybody. All the work that they put into it, they feel that a third party has agreed with them. All right, so you were born in France, came to the States at the age of five, which I am sure was not easy, worked your way up from serving in marketing roles at IBM and on Wall Street to publishing a magazine to finally running your own successful business. And so before we get going on that, I just want to say congratulations on that because that is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure all of that colors who you are today and what you do. So um, maybe just give us a little peek into who you are and what you do before we talk about your book. Oh, sure. Sure. Thank you. Well, um, being an immigrant and coming to the States in the late 60s, kind of without, you know, in those days, you didn't have English as a second language. You didn't have the support as or and the grace that I think we potentially could be giving our um, non-English speaking students today. Um, it was a really rough environment. And uh, I, I say now, in hindsight, as I communicated for my parents for many years, and as I was the first one to learn English, and I translated for them, I became the family advocate, the family interpreter. Even at the age of five, I was transacting well above my pay grade and well above my age level. And so now I, I say communica- the communication field picked me. I didn't pick it. I feel like I had no choice but to eventually go into communications because I've been telling stories for people and now companies since I've been five. And so it's very interesting now, you know, with a whole, a lot of deep work and a lot of, you know, um, just reviewing of past to understand future and present and all of the good things that we do when we're lifelong learners, you put an, you put a finer pin, pin on it or your point on it and you say, oh, wow, now I understand why I was drawn to this communications, this marketing, this telling stories for people, establishing brands, which is what I do today. So I do it for businesses. Our swim lanes or tech and tech services and nonprofits and financial services and professional services. And we do that for organizations that need to establish themselves, differentiate, differentiate themselves, go to market, launch new products or services, that kind of thing. And typically the, you know, the CEOs or the C-suites will come to us and they'll say, we're, you know, we just don't know what to say about ourselves or they, you know, come out with something that sounds like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then you have to say, well, I think I have a better way of saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
you know, that's what's happening. So now I feel like I've had 55 years of experience <laughs> telling stories for other people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that something how, you know, our lives, especially our young lives really color who we are, but yet we don't often realize that when we're going through that growing process and it, it, it it's not until we reach a oh, yeah. certain point in life where we can actually look back and then make sense out of all of it. Yes. Yes. I found that, I found that in other places in my life as well, because as I was going through this journey of, you know, the whole, I call immigrantitis, as I call it, um, it's a condition of being no. <laughs> everything with itis, right? Arthritis, whatever, and immigrantitis. Anyway, I found that in, in the bullying scenarios as well. And so much of my, I talk about some of these stories in the book is I was bullied as a child, um, well into, you know, into grade school and, and beyond. And at the age of 40, I made this crazy decision. After, you know, I, had, I had two kids. I had a house. I had a business. I went, that I wanted to go back. I wanted to go and get a mixed martial arts karate black belt. Is that normal for a 40 year old? I, I ask you, probably not. <laughs> you know, while the average 40 year old is getting a red sports car, I'm deciding I want a black belt. Again, through deep work, analysis, and reflection, it occurred to me that this black belt was an outcome of probably what we call childhood trauma that was unresolved. And it wasn't until I got that black belt that I stopped fighting, literally. Oh, my. How brilliant for you to figure that out and understand why that was so important for you to do at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, That's right? Me. Yes. So what made you decide to write a book and why this topic? So I, um, coming up through the ranks in the 80s, um, mentorship or lack thereof was really critical for me. I felt like um, I, I had one mentor briefly. She unfortunately died of cancer way beyond before she should have in her early 40s. Um, having said that, women were not willing to mentor other women as we were coming up through the ranks. The environment of alpha men, alpha women, survival of the fittest, it, it, no one had any time, inclination, or desire to worry about those who were just beginning. And it was, you know, I felt like, like everything in my life until that point, was everything was an uphill battle. You know, it was the career was an uphill battle. I didn't have money. I didn't have influence. I didn't have connections. I didn't have all those things that, you know, perhaps, you know, our children have the luxury of having more of. Um, I didn't have that. And then when I got to the workplace, I made a whole lot of mistakes. I didn't understand the game. I didn't understand politics. I didn't, I did, I thought maybe people would be nicer. None of that was true. And I said to myself at a certain point, I'm going to, I want to change that for other women. And also there's a whole like work life balance. First of all, I don't call it a balance. I call it an integration, but we can get to that later. This idea that if you're trying to build a career and trying to, you know, raise a well-adjusted family and have a good relationship with your spouse and have a, a great life, all of those things take so much energy, effort, and commitment and intentionality. And honestly, the things that you learn come with age, right? So my point was I wanted to create the cliff notes, the monarch notes, whatever we want to call it, the just give me the bottom line nonsense on all of these aspects of life that if you really get a handle on them, you've got a great life. Mm -hmm. 
So in your book, there's seven parts and you share key points and stories from other women. Why did you decide to include other women's stories? So I feel like, you know, at some point when we're, when we're reading things, it, it can sound a little didactic if it's only me, right? Me, 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 me. I wanted to have my reader walk through the journeys and it's 11 other women. So it's my journeys, yes, and others to validate that you and I and the person reading all have some common threads. We have commonality in our stories. I wanted them to be able to see women from other walks of life, other ethnicities, other backgrounds, uh, all of that were different, but yet, and yet, we had all of these relatable contextual stories to draw from, and I was able to take their stories and then create more of a, and here's what, here's why my secret number three works because I had Kendra and Lorianne tell their stories, and do you see how it all works together, and these are the net takeaways. Right, right. It's so not they just were, yeah, theory. Yes, exactly. It was illustrative. It was practical and also diverse in the sense that it wasn't just me, me, me. I didn't want it to be mm-hmm. a me show. I mean, I, I think I, I, I bring the points to life from my life, but I wanted to have other points of view support my theory, if you will, or my assertions that certain things are. Right. No, I, I love that because then you, you do get a well-rounded picture of what it is you're trying to um, explain. I'm wondering from a process standpoint, what was it like, what was the process like to work with other women? Did you interview them? Do you know them all? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. Yep. So it was very interesting. I I talk about this in the book. We have a... Um, my husband and I created uh, an initiative. Of course, we're marketing people, so we're a little weird this way, right? We have to name everything. <laughs> we branded it. We uh, created this L3, Live Like a Local. And so every year for the last couple of years, we pick a location and we plan ourselves there and we work from there and we play from there and we live there. And last year, we lived in Paris for six weeks. Paris happens to be where I was born. I have an affinity. I speak the language. It's my first language, all that stuff. Okay, great. So as I was um, six hours ahead of my staff and doing really fun things and, and becoming more curious. And the creativity gene just kicks in when you're in a different environment, which is always why I, I invite people to get into a different environment because it's very good for all of us. I decided, I was like, what is it that people want? What do they want? What do they really want? Like if I was 20 years younger, what would I want somebody to tell me? I'd want somebody to tell me the bottom line on all this crap so I could figure it out and get right to it and not make any stupid mistakes. Save myself 30 years. Okay, great. So let me do that. Okay, now how would I break that down? Well, what are the challenges that we face? Well, we tell ourselves that we can't do things. So we have self-limited beliefs. Great. I think that's like an internal narrative. We have time and we have choice and we have our voice and we have... So these are the seven secrets that I talk about. So I really sat down and worked on it and I was like, you know what? I know all these fantastic women who would be great to tell a story about these seven things that I had now sketched out as my framework for the book. And then I, you know, I had a couple of women where I was like, okay, I could see you talking about choice and I could see you talking about internal narrative. Which one would you like? Let's play it out. So I interview them. Tell me about your journey. What did you do? Da, 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 da. And then I transcribe the entire conversation. 
I pulled out the highlights that I wanted, re-edited it into like a cohesive story, sent it back to them and said, is this what you want to convey? Mm-hmm. A couple had, you know, some tweaks and this and that. Very few had, it wasn't a, a question that they wanted the stories to be told in this way. And so then my stories fell into their stories and then my takeaways for the secrets supported and, and brought their stories to life and then kind of encapsulated it and summarized it. So that's, that was my process. Oh. High level framework. Yeah. Identify some women, interview the women, do the write up, do the, and then what's my point of view on these things, right? If I talk about choice, I'm very clear that every single minute of every single day that we have on this planet, we are making choices. Big, small, medium, large, whatever. They're all choices. Do I have a bagel for breakfast or do I have fruit? Do I sign up for this course? Do I not? Do I date this person? Do I marry this person? Do I have a child? Do I not? Do I have a third child or a fourth child? Whatever. These are all mini and big decisions. Those are choices. So when somebody complains about something, I'm like, you're not stuck with it. Just make a different choice. Like right now, right now. Just make that right now. Don't talk about it for three months. Change it. Love bottom line, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny that you say that. Because last year during this whole time, this whole thing, I went that I went to get certified as a Y coach, right? And the Y system, which by the way is phenomenal, is based on Simon Sinek's Y, right? And so they they created an assessment which gives you how are you wired, why do you you know why do you do the things you do, how do you do the things you do, and what's your superpower? Turns out I'm a contributor with a how of like I make sense out of very complex things. And I simplify. That's my superpower. So literally, this book is like my contribution. Wow. It was so weird. I understood, again, I understood why I needed to write this book mm-hmm. after I got certified as a white coach. I want to contribute to women. I want to simplify things that seem complicated to others, but to me seem very simple. And I make sense out of really complicated conversation. And that's it. A why coach. I had not yeah. heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? No, it actually makes sense. And again, it puts it puts a lot of dangling pieces together so that you understand why um, you are the way you are and you, you do the things you do. I thought of decisions just the other day. I walked into my closet in the morning and I looked around and I thought, do I want to wear this plaid shirt? Do I want to wear that sweater? And I was just thinking of all of that and I thought, this is exhausting. By the end of the day, how many decisions have I made? And as you say, big and many. But yeah, you always have choices. And you said something before about internal narratives. And I, I listened to your recent episode, The Possibilities Podcast, where you mentioned internal narratives. And I just think that mm. is so critical for everyone, not just women, to be aware of because at the very end, we're all in control of what we tell ourselves. So, you know, why not be positive? That's exactly right. You couldn't have said it better. Um, you know, it's it's a little a little thing. I, I talk about LeBron James being masterful about this. And I think this is how people remember stories. So one of the, you know, talking about other people, but as soon as you say LeBron James, people immediately understand who he is. What people don't, may not know about him is he's, he's a masterful mindset person. Um, he has mastered uh, meditation, positivity. He does, he does all of it and practices it masters it. And one of the things he does is he speaks to himself in the third person. So I encourage people in my book 
to do that same thing, use his trick. And I give him credit and I, I you know, I, I sourced it and brought the conversation when he was asked why he was leaving Cavaliers and so on and so forth and all these things. And about 2010, he made the, the statement. I had to do what was right for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And this was the right decision for LeBron. Literally third person. That's what we need to do with ourselves because we speak to ourselves with such incredible negativity and truth, truthfully meanness mm-hmm. oftentimes. Because if you play back what you say to yourself and you send it to your best friend, she or he would not be your best friend mm-hmm. anymore because you'd be so rude and mean and just terrible. So if we don't treat ourselves like our best friend, who will? So true. Thank you. Yeah, it's... That's that's a hard one to uh, grapple with because that internal chattering is constantly going on, and we spent so many years doing that. It's you know a challenge to think about that and undo it. But once you do, you almost feel free. Yes, yes. I, in every at the end of every secret or chapter, as you might want to call it, I give exercises for implementation of the idea because this isn't a book you pick up and you read from page one to page mm-hmm. two hundred fifty. You pick it up, you read what's concerning you the most. Maybe your internal narrative is where you start. Maybe it's not your, you know, maybe it's not your job that's driving you crazy. Maybe it's your internal or your external narrative. Or maybe it's your environment that's making you crazy right now. Read that first. And then at the end of that chapter or that secret, I give you some takeaway um, exercises, questions to process for yourself to really make them yours. And so you have an opportunity. You don't, you shouldn't eat the elephant in one bite. You're going to chop it up, right? So you're going to do a couple things you let that become a habit, and then you move on to something else, and then you let that become a habit. Because if you try to do it all at the same time, you're you're going to ha- do what everybody tries to do. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna eat better. I'm gonna lose 20 pounds. I'm gonna go to the gym every day. I'm gonna pick out the best clothes. I'm gonna do it all. No, you're not. Of course, you're not. And then you're gonna beat yourself up for not doing 300 things at the same time. That's a recipe for disaster. You are right. Yes, those those. Um questions at, at the end of each secret are very, very valuable. So with that in mind, maybe talk about some of the secrets that you think we should highlight today. Well, I think, all right, that's a good question. I believe everything, fundamentally, I think um, we, we might want to unpack time and choices. Um, so time, coincidentally, I had my daughter part of it. Now, she's 27 now. And I find her to be one of the most intentional young people I've had the pleasure of being around. And I don't say that because I'm related to her, but it just happens she's always been like that. And she's very, very prescriptive about who she gives her time to and how, and, and who she doesn't give her time to. So in the words of uh, one of my favorite Peloton instructors, you have to say no in order to protect your yeses. And it's true. I think, you know, you can't say yes. Oftentimes we are yes because we're women, as a general rule, are, are they, we're, we're pleasers, right? We're people pleasers. So, of course, I'm going to, you know, help you with your thing. And, of course, I'll show up to your baby shower. And, of course, I'll come to your uncle's, brother's, sister's, cousin's, mother's wake. And, you know, of course, it, blah, 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 blah. And you, you get the point. Well, if, you know, she tells a story about her friends in college wanting to go out for ice cream. And she's like, no, thank you. I'll be, I'll, I'm good. I've got other stuff I want to do. What do you mean? Like, we're all going out for ice cream. Yeah, I heard you, but I don't want to go. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm okay. Thank you for asking. But no. 
And apparently, it comes back to her years later that her friends were both incredibly, like, surprised mm-hmm. that she came with no. So our whole point of view is, well, who, where do you, you, I love when people say to me, I don't have time to go to the gym. No, you didn't make time because it's not a priority for you. You haven't deemed it worthy enough of your time because if it was a priority, you would make it work. Why do some people wake up at 4.30 in the morning, do a workout, do a this, take care of the kids, then go to their jobs and do, 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 and so on and so forth. And yet, Others will say, I don't have time, but you know, based on how much they post on social media, that they've got to be on that thing or on a platform for two hours a day. Well, okay, that's the choice you make, but you need to be okay with it. You can't be, you know, saying, I don't have time to do X, Y, and Z when you decided to do A, B, and C. So what I try to have people do is just be cognizant, be really aware of where you're really spending your time. So I have a, I have a whole thing around color coding and time blocking work and play and everything. Like I have different colors for every part of my life to make sure there is balance in my week and in my day. And if I don't see my special colors pop up every day, I know I have to do make some shifts, whether I need to delegate, put off, reschedule, whatever. Something needs to change. And for me, I know what my priorities are. My priorities are health and wellness and fitness. It When I'm well and I feel good, you get the best Monique. If I don't do that, I'm not showing up the way you want me to show up. So I need to prioritize that. And so I talk about how to do that. Excellent. I love your book. It is just to the point and so valuable. Um, oh. Yeah, I do. And your book cover. Let's talk. I always love to talk about book covers because that's a huge decision. Yeah. Yeah. I so my daughter, I did. I did go back and forth on that. You know what was really interesting? It was um. What do you put on the cover? So we had so the publisher, uh, the, the publisher cover designer, and I went back and forth, and I and he came back with some concepts, and there was like this woman at the top of a hill, and you know, hands up, and it was all like empowerment, yeah, yeah, and it kind of looked a little, a little fake, yeah, a little religious even, a little too woo woo, yeah. And then there was like another one, like oh, you use cartoon figures to represent all women, and we had a whole group of women around the table, and that looked fake, and I was like, you know what? Through it, love it, hate it, don't like it, whatever. It's me. It's me. <laughs> I am here. This is this is me. I have a story to tell, and maybe you're going to make a decision by looking at the cover that I am whatever I am, and it's not working for you. That's okay. But I needed to be on that cover to show you that I was a real human with a real story, and I had something to say. Now you can make a ju- cover judgment, judging a book by its cover, and that's okay too. But Everything else felt fake. I asked that question specifically because I felt that it was, it gave you the feeling of power. Your picture on the cover really spoke to me and and felt powerful. Wow, thanks. I appreciate that. That's awesome. It's a challenge to select a cover, especially for a book like this. What do you put on the cover? Yeah. (laughs) You should have seen what was rejected. Uh, I'll send you pictures. I'm sure. Pretty funny. Right? It was like, oh, God, no. (laughs) That's just not going to happen. It's not happening. It's not me. So what's next, Monique? Are you working on any other books? So I'm not working on any other books. I'm trying to, like, recover from this one. It was a lot. It it was a lot of work. Um, I think the podcast for me gives me joy and enormous um, connection to women, like-minded women, people. I like to say, 
you don't need to be a superstar, superhuman, super anything. You just need to be authentically yourself because every one of us has something worthy of others knowing about. And so I interview women from all walks of life, of all age groups, of all specialities, of all careers, and they all have a really compelling something to share with us, you know? And so that I'm going to continue to do. I um, am working on an audio version of the book. So that's coming later this, uh, I think it should be out April or May. Mm -hmm. So we'll have the audio version for those who don't, I've I've had a bunch of people tell me they don't read, which that's a story in and of itself, but okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then, um, and then other than, the audio book, I am uh, working on a TEDx talk, which I'm, you know, we're not sure where that's going to show up. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I am creating a woman's workshop retreat, Ooh. which, um, yeah, so I'm, my, my goal is to do one this year and then next year, hopefully do two and so on and so forth, one domestic and one international, hopefully to a country that I can, um, you know, obviously a, a France or a, or a Spanish-speaking country where I can communicate sure. uh, more easily. Oh. So that was a, that's what I have on deck. Oh, I <laughs> In love, addition to the business. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love all of that. I love the idea of a retreat. And your podcast is fabulous. The Possibilities Podcast. Oh, I, I listen to a few and you do a great job. And the guests are just so uh, so wise and I gleaned so much from it. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to continue listening. All right. Well, anything we missed that you wanted to highlight today? No, I think we've got it all. I just want to leave people with the idea that you can control a lot more than you think. And that's really it. Well, that is bottom line, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> if you would then share any and all contact information where folks can find out about you and all the wonderful things you do and where they can uh, get a copy of your book. Awesome. So it is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. It's Monique DeMeo, D-E-M-A-I-O. The podcast is Monique DeMeo. The possibilities with Monique DeMeo. The book is available at MoniqueDeMeo.com. We'll have my speaking availabilities, my podcast, the book, and, and everything else connected to, to me. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to, to connect with me. I'm on, all, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. Instagram, etc. So I think if you Google Marie DeMeo, a whole bunch of options will pop up. <laughs> a lot of good things will pop up. All <laughs> right. Monique DeMeo, the winning book is titled The Seven Secrets to Creating a Life You Love, a Practical Guide for Women in Leadership. And I think we gave you just a little taste here. There's a lot more inside the book and in the Possibilities podcast. So I hope folks head over and find out more about you. Any final words of wisdom before we head out? Thank you. You're all awesome. And here's to discovering your inner badass. Ooh, Pat is going to discover her inner badass. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Monique. Thank you for sharing with us. Good luck to you in all of your ventures. We're going to keep our eye on you, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Thank you so much, Pat. It was a pleasure being with you.